wants to go first? Oh, I'm, I'm starting. Oh, right, right, right. All right. So we live and we learn. We've gotten some feedback from our first podcast. And yeah, we forgot to introduce ourselves. <laughs> um, just very focused and very excited, I guess, to talk about what OT is, what OT isn't. So we're going to start off this episode with reintroducing ourselves, and we're going to go in order from ages. Well, we're really going to um, <laughs> expose ourselves here. <laughs> if that's okay with you guys. I don't think there's, let's make up some ages. I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely 21. <laughs> okay, so Tiffany, you go first. Who? Me? No, no I said Tiffany's 21. <laughs> The youngest, let me go first. Okay, okay. You started off, Tiffany. <laughs> Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Ho. Oh, H to the O V. Okay. Okay. I guess we'll go go ahead, Katarina. Okay. So I'm Katarina. I don't often talk, but <laughs> I'm 24. Wait, you're 24? Yes. Oh. The young guy. <laughs> what do you think? I thought she was younger. I was like two months ago. Oh yeah. Okay. You right. before my birthday. Only twenty four. Right. Oh, I forget how young you really are. Um. So I guess I go next. Uh, I'm Melissa, and I am twenty five, but turning twenty six in a, in one month. Woo! Um, yeah. Almost so, exactly a month. Yeah. Yeah. Naps. That's exactly a month. Oh, it's me. Hi, everyone. This is Elaine. <laughs> probably hear me laugh way too much. Um, I'm 28. I just turned 28. <laughs> 28 on the 28th. That's right. <laughs> Golden birthday. Um, I'm Tiffany. I'm waving as if you all can see me, but I Thank am. You. Oh, how old am I? 37. <laughs> I'm 37 this year. Do you mean you already turned 37 or? Yes. She just exactly. turned 37. I thought you were like a year and a half younger or something. I'm old Masha. Come on now. <laughs> well, we are. We're in the We're old. same yes. boat, except I'm from 1983. Mm. You can imagine that. Ladies. Um, <laughs> anyway, so uh, that means I'm turning 38 in a month because also Melissa and I are fellow Scorps. Yes, we love Scorpios. <laughs> Better. Uh-oh. All right. So I as um as weird as that may have been saying our ages, I think um in this episode we kind of wanted to touch on like the application process and what that looked for all looked like for all of us. And as you can imagine, like it looked very different. From all of us because some people had careers some people just took like a short break some people like did a bunch of different things since undergrad mm-hmm. so I guess we just want to talk about that yeah I think a, a lot of people at least you know younger people we get into the idea of what school is supposed to look like at least a lot of my friends who went to medical school were like you know go to college right after high school and then go to med school or whatever you know thing afterwards but and that's like the quote-unquote traditional route that a lot of people see in society but I think for all of us it was very non-traditional and 
you know, it took a lot of learning to figure out what we wanted in our lives and how to get there and to get to this point in our lives right now. So kind of wanted to destigmatize the idea of going to school right away or like what are the benefits of going to school right away? So not many. (laughs) (laughs) But when you're done and you're still a hatchling, then you can tell us. Yeah. Yeah. So who wants to... Well, mine is pretty fast. I can. (laughs) Katarina was like, oh, yeah, mine was like not exciting. And I was like, you know, there's nothing wrong with a standard experience either. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I have to say, I envy anyone that has like figured out what they want to pursue so early on, because I I honestly feel like I didn't have anything I was super passionate about until now, you know, and I, I, I often wonder how far in my career I'd be if I had figured it out sooner which I guess is part of you know how that stigma began with um waiting on school but you know I'm I'm glad I am where I am but I also envy your place too I agree I am curious though Tiffany how you would end up doing what you were doing without being maybe you were feeling it more as a conviction rather than a passion Mm. but what you were pursued was something that most people wouldn't think is just like oh I'm gonna go to Wall Street and make a lot of money or like I'm gonna you know, work at Google or work a day or what, you know, I don't know. You chose something unconventional too. So maybe you can come back to that because I'm intrigued still. Well, um, you know, I think I haven't told our large fan base thus far, but hey, we have I, 20 <laughs> plays of our first episode so far since Friday. 20. Yeah. So to our followers, um, I worked in a small private school for students with Asperger's syndrome for about nine years. And um, I went into it as an English teacher. I had taught at a public school before then. And so, I I mean, I definitely have loved English my whole life and always did well. And it just seemed like a natural thing to do um, that combined my, my passion for working with young people and then my love for literature. So it sort of just made sense. And I just kind of fell into that. And honestly, I found that job through Craigslist. I wasn't looking for like a special education opportunity. Um, It just, I liked the small environment. And when I went to go interview, I loved the kids. And so I honestly like happened upon it. And um, I just like fit in with those kids because I've always been kind of like the odd one out. Uh, And so it stuck for about a decade. Wow. Did you go to um, like after college, did you go straight into teaching? No, <laughs> I don't even want to like go into that. Um, I worked for a private investigator. I sold shoes at Nordstrom. Wow. I sold what? copy machines. And wow. then I taught. So that makes so. sense. Private investigator. <laughs> okay, wait, right. I want to hear <laughs> more about that later. <laughs> because we all have stopped. I know, I know we really do. I professionally do. Thank you very much. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what about the rest of you uh I feel like I had a pretty standard experience as well um like Katerina was we were talking about Katerina earlier um but I basically just volunteered at a clinic like I mentioned in the first episode and um did prerequisites and worked a part-time job and just kind of did my own thing um and didn't rush to you know start school either I think a lot of people 
you know, feel like they have to be like rushed to get through everything. Like we were talking about, you know, for certain reasons, but I had, I was living in an environment where my parents were like, just do what makes you happy, you know, whatever that means. And like, take your time, figure out what you want to do. You know, it's going to cost money. And so, you know, even if it's not, doesn't end up working out, we want you to be like, you know, passionate about it when you go into it. So, um, did you feel pressure like on your own? Did you feel pressure? Mm -hmm. Totally. I think, I think the school environment I was in prior to like high school and stuff was very high pressure. Um, it's interesting because a lot of the people that I went to school with, I think felt pressure from their parents, but I didn't. So I was like not getting that pressure like externally, but then in school, it was like constant pressure to share where you're applying to, where you're, you know, where you're going to go and what your grades are and all of that. And like what APs you're taking and, you know, I think a lot of people probably can relate to that, but um, yeah, not having that pressure, I think allowed me to really just resonate with you know, for me, OT and decide if that was really what I wanted to pursue. And it worked out really well. Both of my parents uh, also went to SJSU. So they were like really advocating for me to, for me to go there, which was fun too. So they were like, okay, like you need to wait a little bit longer and you can, you can still apply there. Okay. Sounds good. You know, they were, they were excited about that. So yeah, love your parents. Experience. Yeah, I love my parents too. They're wonderful. <laughs> um, Do you have any siblings? No, I'm an only child. So I think, right. I yeah, that probably has contributed to a lot of, you mm. know. Yeah. How amazing you are. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you, Tiffany. <laughs> yeah, um, no siblings, but. So how many years did it take for you to like actually apply or like decide to apply? Um, I uh, graduated college undergrad in 2017, spring of spring of 2017. And then, um, I thought I was going to apply for what would it be? We apply, all of us applied fall of fall of 2019, winter Mm -hmm. of 2020. Right. So Mm -hmm. I thought I was going to be starting school that year. Um, but then I just like was super unhappy with my GRE scores and I just felt like it wasn't the right timing. And so I put it off one more year. So three years started fall 2020. Right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. around three years. Yeah. And I, I guess we didn't really touch it for you, Tiffany, but like what sparked you to like, just finally apply um it's actually like a really long process for me because I not that I was unhappy at my job I just felt like I wanted to do more mm-hmm. um and then also being what was I 34 34 35 at the time like I also wanted to start a family and so it was like a lot of big um decisions I had to make and so it just felt like it was the right time if I was going to have a kid that like during the application process I might have some time to stay at home while I wait. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, um, it, you know, all kind of came together that way. It just seemed like a, like a milestone. I was hitting a milestone. <laughs> um, so I think I'd always wanted to do a career change probably a lot earlier on and it was just finding the right time to do that. 
Yeah. Wow. I guess that kind of really worked out for you in the sense that, you know, you did have a, if you don't mind me saying you did have a baby. I know. Yeah. It somehow worked out. It was like, my plan was always to do a year of prereqs. And then as I'm waiting, cause I applied, I would have a year with my baby. And then, you know, my baby would, of course would be fully independent by the time I started school and so <laughs> <laughs> off to college. Really easy. Um, so so that was the plan and somehow it worked out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're so happy it worked out the way it did. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I know. I yeah. Know. It feels like fate, like the way even Melissa, you were saying that, you know, you weren't happy with your GRE score. So you waited a year, like, what if imagine, you hadn't? yeah, if you hadn't, we would be here together. I know. Whoa. Well, but I do feel like uh, Katarina got short shrifted. Oh. No, it's, it's okay. It's, it's, it's so, it's just like your standard experience. We were going to ask you later. Don't you even worry. You were going to. No, be- yeah, no, that's why I no. wasn't worried. I knew Uh-oh. it would come back around. But thank you, Masha. I, I appreciate so- you advocating for me. Um, <laughs> now. Yeah, just do it. Creating okay. more confusion as usual. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, now they, they know our voices now. So yeah. it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I graduated high school and then went straight to college. And Wait, Katarina, didn't you, didn't you work for a while before the program, though? Yes, I I did. So I, I knew that I was really wanting to go to SJSU um, during the year after I graduated in like spring 2019. I was taking prerequisites, um, like, you know, the art class and like the medical terminology class. And I really wanted to do this, this job that I, my mom had like, um, knew a, uh, a client who um, whose daughter ran this um, therapy center for children with autism. And I had been mm-hmm. wanting to do it for so many years, but never got to because I didn't have a car or transportation. And I lived in, the, in another city for undergrad. So during that year, um, I worked there and I worked with kids with autism. And I did not do ABA. Um, I did ESDM, which is a newer, different type of therapy. Oh, let me write that down. What is ESDM? So it's like early start Denver model. Oh, um, oh yes, yes. Yeah. I'm not sure like how familiar a not, lot of people but... are, but um, I can like talk all day about it and probably like say things wrong, but um, it's essentially just like a naturalistic type of therapy. We're like learning through play and, you know, naturalistic opportunities following the child's lead which does have some aspects of ABA in it mm-hmm. but um it's 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 different but yeah so the year during my break um uh, I did that while I was applying for for different graduate schools and then the pandemic hit and then I continued to work because I didn't have to move mm-hmm. so I worked there for two years and then I moved to San Jose once they gave us the go to come back in person. Wow. But yeah, it was, it was like a good solid gap year type of thing. What yeah. Experience oh, to have that's awesome. Between, right. Mm-hmm. Like it sounds super relevant. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't very relaxed. Like, you know, they say like, oh, a gap year, like a break year. Like it didn't feel like that because I was constantly taking classes or working or mm-hmm. doing something related to like getting into the program or like being more prepared for the program, Yeah, which is fine. Yeah. It's really cool. But I'm realizing, 
you know, we don't have any summer yeah. vacations left. <laughs> we don't. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, that was my little experience. I was going to ask, so were you, how, how was that transition without really having, you know, a solid break? Do you feel, uh, yeah, what do you feel about, how do you feel about that? Um, gosh, I, I don't know, because what is it like, I graduated um, and then summertime, I took, I actually took Dr. Wynn's neuro class and even before applying mm-hmm. or getting into the program, I was determined. So I took that over the summer and the next semester I started working and I started taking like classes at a community college. And then oh. and I kept working the next semester or the next semester and then COVID hit. Yeah. And there's a, in 2020. Yeah. yeah. So like when I finally like had quote unquote more free time, I, I was stuck, stuck inside because of COVID. So, yeah. and here we are still in COVID. Um, so I, mm. I don't know, I guess I've just always been used to you know, just being on the go and stuff. Like, yeah. Keep going. And yeah. Like, so wait, what did you do when COVID hit? Did you, you would you weren't doing your therapy in person anymore. We were doing some, um, therapy. We were doing some, um, telehealth with kids, but, oh. uh, so usually like each kid has like three or four therapists that kind of cycle off like throughout the week because like each kid, um, gets like 20 hours of therapy each week but I requested to stay with one kiddo who lived pretty close to me. Um, so I was the only therapist who would see them. And I, that was the only kid that I would see too. I see. So it, it just was a little bit safer. And I yeah. obviously took precautions and everything and they did as well. And you still got to work. Which and, is nice. yeah, yeah. I still got to work. It wasn't a lot of work, yeah. but it was work and it was meaningful yeah. for me. So I was happy to do it. Yeah. So it sounds like right. you on the go since graduating (laughs) wild pretty much (laughs) yeah (sighs) what about you masha oh masha's story is so interesting i know (laughs) her journey winding road i get i mean i think should i thank my adhd for not staying at a job for longer than like eight months for half of the time I was out of school (laughs) um makes it more interesting um or more overwhelming to hear about I graduated in 2006 from undergrad and then I took a few years off and then I was like very in love with art history and like I just like that's what my mom raised me to appreciate and to and I just took what you know kind of how do you call it like it became really like part of my identity along with like martial arts like those were you know those a few things and then I got into grad school I got into UC Riverside and they were going to even give me a scholarship and the professors were exciting and like my undergrad professors knew them and I also had like a really amazing cohort but you know now we're like living our kind of different lives in different places and so I graduated, they, I graduated a few months after some of my other peers, but I graduated in 2012, like, you know, 2011, 2012. Um, so that's like a good 10 years. So like last, we met two years, we met up two years ago now because of COVID too. Like we haven't seen each other in a while. And that was like our 10 year anniversary. So imagine that, right? So I've already sort of like 
been through one of these chapters. Not to say that yeah. you're redundant, because that's not how I feel, but it might sound that way. <laughs> right? Oh, no. Oh, no. No, I understand. Yeah. What no, about? Um, that was such a different point in your life, you know, like art history is so different than compared to now. It is. It is. And this is more, I think this is... I mean, it was very intellectual, you know, the writing part. There was a lot of writing, a lot of reading. We would discuss theory. We would sort of like grapple with a lot of different kinds of theories and representations and techniques and do field trips. But it was also very trying for me because it was all about like, there's this anxiety about fitting into the art world. And, you know, I don't want to go on about that because this is not about the art world. Um, but you know, going to galleries and people having sizing you up and down and you're like, well, like, am I even going to get a job in one of these? Do I want a job? Like, where do I fit in? So I never really fit into the art world at the end of the day. And, you know, it's, it's, it's not an easy place to do that. Like when you usually find people like random celebrity or people whose names you recognize who've been gone and done an art history thing, it's usually cause they're like independently wealthy. You know oh. what I'm saying? Like some like grandchild of, of you know, Hearst, William Hearst, or, or no, is it William? The, the newspaper tycoon. Um, but, you know, um, other, a lot of my friends are, you know, incredible and, and they're doing their own thing. And, but two of them are, fini one finished a PhD and the other one is still finishing it up because she's got like a family and two kids. Anyway, um, after that, I actually, tried to get some internships. It was hard. And then I went right into training, personal training. I don't know why it just so happened. I was like, I've been putting this off. This is the other thing I want to do, right? Probably ADHD. Um, <laughs> but it gave me like an impetus. And I got really into that. And I was training part-time and I was doing arts admin the rest of the time um, with this organizer that I knew before I left San Francisco. Um, so I knew him. We, would, we, would, we were part of a, a group in 2008 and he, would, he had a space called the garage which was like a more like a black box dance space um that where we would put on some shows and I worked with him for like a year and I also did training in a private studio and then later on I got a job at a gym and I was also training and I was doing a lot of things and I was very energized I was in all the places I had all the keys you know it was like walking we were moving pianos and uh up and down market streets for events uh or you know I was like talking it, I, I like that. It was very energetic. You know, there's, it was, it was a little bit of organizing actually in hindsight that I did, you know what I mean? With like in quotation marks, um, it's all feeding into occupational therapy. I feel like, I guess. Yeah. Because I was had to listen really closely to really different like groups. Like there was like a boys and girls club. And then there was like, you know, a, like a Filipino theater actually. And then there was, cool. um, yeah. <laughs> and then there was like, yeah, a little like quirky gallery and then another gallery and then like a place where homeless uh, folks were getting the only place where they got uh, like art instruction and could display their work, hospitality house. Oh, just so many. I don't, and then Bold Italic was involved in a lot of dance. This, this, it was so fun. It was good. Then it all just ended. Like the funding ended and I couldn't make a living just doing training. And I started working at a friend had a, she said, hey, there's this opening. Da -da. I went and I interviewed for AJ Plus, part of Al Jazeera, and I worked there for five years almost. Oh, it wow. was a four and a, four and a half years. <sighs> it was, you know, exhilarating to be 
uh, around the people who are making such good content, but my job, eh, you know, but it was comfortable, right? So then at some point I started doing those darn prereqs because fast rewind instead of fast forward. How do you do, what's the, what's the similar thing to rewind, but slow rewind? I don't know. Okay. So that's <laughs> this Masha. Yeah, fast forward. What's the what's the compa- what's the fast rewind? Fast rewind. <laughs> the first episode when I told my mom I was like, "Hey, my mom was like, hey, you're stagnating. I could see you're stagnating. You're not oh, going anywhere.'" Oh, so that's how it all ties in. Yeah, yeah. Like, go do this PT program that's not a PT program. <laughs> yeah. And then I started doing prereqs. I started doing them in like 2017, I think. And yeah. um, and I just sort of became, I feel like, a part of my life. You know, it's just like. Like I had to do all of all of them because yeah. I had been out of school for more than seven years. I yeah. think I had to do all of them. So like I I remember in the and then by accident I took chemistry, which was like, what? How could you do that? How did I? I hurt myself. I, I had to take myself. a chemistry class for A and P. Well, uh I had to like chemistry did? Was a prerequisite for yeah for anatomy and physiology. Oh, 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 oh. It, it was like it was a prereq if you did if you just did physiology or something, but you did it separately from anatomy. But if you did A and P parts one and two, then you didn't need it. At least yeah. I think that some places were like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then the last class one of the last classes I took was uh, you know, this the our skills class. And that was really fun. And like, I kind of got like my, my actually supervisor was sort of okay with me, like being uh, like on standby instead. And I was, I was on the job. Um, But yeah. So, and I was still, you know, and I was also taking the class, which was all afternoon. Uh, I mean, uh, so yeah, there was what, like psychology, anthropology, abnormal psychology. Should we like list all of them? Yeah. He skills. Is that statistics? it? And statistics. Oh, statistics. Oh my God. Yeah. Which by the way, listeners, one. you need to learn statistics, believe yeah. it or not. Make sure you pay attention. Oh, that's true. Right. Are we exposing ourselves right now? <laughs> I definitely found a loophole with that prereq. Yeah. I took us, I took a psychology statistics class that was part of my major requirements and it somehow it somehow worked and yes we did learn statistics but it wasn't a traditional course interesting and then you got them to cover it to count it yeah yeah I got them to count it because they changed the requirements like midway during the application process because this was I think it was one way the year that I was planning on attending and then the following year they changed it and I like took How a screenshot they? and sent it into the school. And I was like, this is what I followed. And they Look at it. you. I know. That's awesome. Advocating for myself from the beginning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Very I, nice. I remember when they changed that, like midway through, because I had been tracking it my last year of college and that I was like doing everything to like make sure I got all the prerequisites. And I looked back after like a year and refreshed the page and it had changed. And I was like, yeah, you're, you're kidding me. Like this was not here before. So, so you saw you the have, changes too. Did you have to retake it or what? I I did have to take like an additional class. I think it was oh. the neurology class because I, I did take a, um, a neuropsychology class and like a neurobiology class. Uh-huh. Um, but by the time I was going to like start applying, um, it said that I had to take the, one of the classes like 
either three classes from UC Davis that covers uh-huh. whatever they want or Dr. Wynn's summer class. Oh, which you did. Which mm. I ended up doing. So what was the statistics change then, Melissa? To be honest, I don't remember oh, okay. the details of it, but I had to hmm. get special permission to use it because it was like the the code for the class. It's like really a logistic thing. Like the code of the class didn't match what they were looking for the new requirement or something and so I got it yeah um but there was also a change in the volunteer the volunteer requirements too I believe yeah uh, with like community service I think Mm -hmm. but that changed in the requirements too I was going to say I'm kind of curious what you all did for your hours like what kind of facilities you were in and uh, all of that because that was a huge part of the application as well mm-hmm. oh the community service part yeah or well, just volunteer hours yeah I guess um, I can get go into my thing about that because it kind of ties in so I graduated from um, college UCLA in 2015 right and as we all know my my whole major switch and change from the last episode um, and I my senior year, I was all about like, cause I was in LA. So I, I graduated from UCLA, everyone in there, all the places I volunteered or tried to volunteer in at the time when I was like starting my prerequisites um, were like influenced by USC. So, cause it's LA, right? The closest, um, I mean, no one really talked about Dominguez Hills at the time, mm-hmm. um, but a lot of the people I like shadowed uh, graduated from like USC. Um, I was at UCLA's like multiple sclerosis, like rehab center. And like there were intern, like OTA that were like applying to USC or had gotten into USC. So I was like surrounded by like, okay, USC is the school, like I'm going to go to, right. Like that was like my goal. And uh, it's like a weird thing. Like, you know, USC, UCLA has this rivalry, but a lot of Mm -hmm. people like from both go to like the grad school. So then they become like Bruin Trojans or Trojan Bruins. It's like this weird thing. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) so it was like the the culture, right? And so I had been like, okay, um, my GPA, because my science GPA was so poor, it really affected my um, overall GPA. and, And I didn't feel confident with like what I had initially. But thankfully, because I had found OT my last year of school, I was able to include like abnormal sight because that counted in my minor. I was able to add um, A&P, anatomy and physiology. I was just kind of piling on things because like, you know, with tuition throughout the regular year, you can just add classes and it's not by units. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of like my senior year was like booked. I was like taking my quarter system it's like only like what oh, three yeah. three to four classes I was taking like five classes oh like I was school into the like summer before. yeah so I was like really trying to like build up like and take prerequisites as much as I could right while You're I was motivated still- I really was but then because I wasn't feeling confident about like my whole package because I was talking to different people I was like okay maybe I'll take like a year off and then apply you know so um, I actually finished school September of 2015, that summer, mm-hmm. I was taking like those classes. Um, and a lot happened that summer as well, like my grandmother died. So um, it was just kind of threw off my plan a little bit because I ended up failing an exam because it was like that week and oh, it was just it was just a lot going on. So it kind of derailed me a little bit. And then at the same time, I was also panicking because I was like, I just graduated, I was like graduating and I was like, oh my gosh, I need a job, right? Like 
I have student loans. I need to find a job. My parents are one, I have to move back home. Like living in LA is expensive. So I was like kind of panic applying to jobs. Mm -hmm. Um, And I got offered an A, this, I I did ABA. So uh, um, what is it? Uh, I can't even remember. Applied behavioral Mm -hmm. analysis. Yeah. Yeah. So working Which I ended up doing for almost a year. Right. You did it. Okay. So you did it too, Masha. Yeah. Yeah. So I got it. I got a job and um, they thankfully let me do a delayed start. So I was able to have kind of like a little break after school. I took a month off and then I like started working in like December of 2015. And then, you know, it was, it was good. It was hard to get like full-time work and it was very challenging, Mm -hmm. but like, I knew it was like a good thing to put on my application as well. Right. Like something working with kids and all this stuff. And I did that for like a year and a half. And then at the same time, I was also taking prerequisites at the local community college too. So I was like trying to get full-time work and move back home, all these things, figuring out post-grad. Yeah, it was a mess. Cause like ABA, I was traveling a lot too. So then Mm -hmm. I'd have to like go to the homes and then go to my community college and had to kind of like map out like which community college to go to for which semester. It was kind of intense. So I was like, okay, but then I knew I couldn't apply still. I just like, I didn't have a feeling of confidence yet to apply, especially to a school like USC. Right. Yeah. Uh, So in my mind, I was still like, okay, USC, USC. And then a year and a half goes by and I'm like, I was like, a lot of the supervisors were like, hey, you're really good at this. Would you want to consider doing like the, get the board certified thing, the BCBA? Yeah. And then the company I was at, like, they would like pay for the school if like after I graduate, I stay like two to three years or something like that. And I was talking to my parents about that. And I was like, is this something I want to do? Like, I do have an affinity for it. Like, is this, you know do, do I still want to do OT? Like, I wasn't sure because this seemed like an easy way to like, just continue my track. But then I really thought about it and I was like, I'm tired all the time. Driving all this is like not good for my mental health. Like I also didn't really fully believe in ABA. Like I just felt it was so behavior-based. Like it didn't really take a lot of what the child was in mine, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like a lot of the stuff that we had to do was kind of, for me, it felt forced, like forcing the child. Not that, I mean, there are definitely methods we use in ABA and OT, of course, right? Redirecting and things like that, but it just didn't feel, it didn't sit right with me, right? Yeah. And yeah, and it was really hard because I had made relationships with these families and all these things. So yeah, so I was like, oh, maybe not. And then around that time, I actually got connected with a previous mentor from UCLA and my former boss. So sorry, this is like a long story. It's like super like connected. Can I just say that I like love that you made, you always like made the the hard choice, right? Like it could have been easy to be in discouraged and be like, I don't have the rec, so I'll just choose something else. But you're like, no, I'm just going to keep going. Or like, I could just take this job and be done, but no, I believe in it. Like that's- that's really admirable. I think that was something I just had to hold on to, like, because it was definitely different, like moving back home with my family after like, you know, going to college and like discovering myself and who I was and all this stuff. So it was definitely very a challenging time. And so, like I said, my mentors reached out to me, my former boss, like when I was in college, I worked for this um, like program for marginalized and minority students, like specifically Filipino community. 
And basically what we do is provide like peer counseling, mentorship and like internships to students like us who like didn't have a community and like, you know, school is so like, we talked about how school is a certain way, right? But like we wanted, the whole point of our program was to really take in the holistic account of people, like our mental health, like what does being our identity have to do with our success in education, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that's actually, that program is what helped me you know, when I got kicked out of my major, like to really find myself and what I wanted. And so when my mentor outreached to me and said, hey, um, the, the full-time position's open, would you wanna do it? And it's funny because when I was a student, people were like, you're gonna come back, you're gonna come back. And I was like, no way in hell am I coming back ever. <laughs> but when my mentor approached me, like, it was funny. They were like, oh, the position's oh opening. And I was like, oh, that's nice. That must be really hard to find someone. <laughs> And then they like two, one, two punched me. So like my mentor reached out to me and then the current person in the position reached out to me. And I was like, I know why she's meeting with me. But at the time mm -hmm. that was when I was like really feeling like I felt I was getting complacent. Like Masha, like I was getting kind of lost. Like, what am I doing? And I, I had decided like, maybe I should just try it out and like apply and see what happens. And maybe like, I there was something about this space which is Spear at UCLA, shout out to Spear. There's something about that mm. space that really helped me find who I was. And I was like, maybe I needed this redirection again, you know? And so I went into the interview and actually the people, the kids who are interviewing me were like my students when I was mm. like a senior and I was counseling them and like to see their journey and be part of that journey. Yeah, I know, I really, I walked into the interview and as some of the students were telling me, they told me this, they were like, you literally said you don't know why you're interviewing. <laughs> and I was Maybe like, really? they were interviewing you um, so it's for the job. It's a, yeah, it's a student initiated student run program. So oh. um, even though it's by the department, the students have a say in who they hire. Um, so I got to hire like, you know, the people before and stuff like that when I was a student. And so they were sitting there and it was like my interns, like people who shadowed me when I was a senior. And I walked out of that interview, like, wow, I really want this, you know? Mm -hmm. And so the thing with this job, it's a three-year max contract. So I did get it. And I was like, okay, maybe this will allow me time to, you know, figure out, like get my things together and apply, you know? And so it really did. It motivated me. Like I did one year and I was yeah. like, okay. I was like figuring out the job. I didn't focus on applications because I was really into the job, but I was also learning like the relationship between what I was doing, like the holistic mental health part of it with like OT. Like I was really relearning my own goals as I was helping other students find their goals too. So, and long story short, my second year, sorry, it's so, it's such a weird, like, long story no, and I keep know going, keep going. readers readers yeah, <laughs> listeners so my second year like people were like we were you know because what I like to do with my students too is like yes I'm teaching you skills to do well and figure out your goals but I'm doing it with you right so I had my own goals I was sharing so it was like this community which I really loved right and so my second year I yeah. peer style like very peer oriented yeah like very um, community oriented yeah we motivating each other yeah right exactly like a friendly yeah. competition in in part mm -hmm. in, in a way uh -huh. yeah so I applied that second year on the job to USC only and I was like you know what let me just try it I had like at that time I was like volunteering I had some prerequisites I didn't get into USC and that and it also it did teach me like what the process was because like 
that online thing was so confusing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> o- OTCAS. Yeah. The- yeah. Hard to I didn't get into USC as an undergrad, so I'm still yeah, me neither, feeling yeah. the sting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't even try. <laughs> I was like, eh. You're like too far. Yeah. Too far. Yeah. So I did that and then I was like, okay, well now I know to submit it earlier. <laughs> mm. There's like a weird, so you have to My like, story wait, was financial. Right? Yeah, there's, a window. there's a window you have to submit mm-hmm. to the system and then they send it to the school. So I was like, yep. okay, well now I know. <laughs> And then the following year, 2019, I was like, okay, time to get my stuff together. Like get my, I had to get new letters of recs. And I was like, okay, let me apply to more schools. Cause this is my last year on my contract. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, like, I don't have a job lined up after this. Like I have to go to school after this. And um, yeah, so I s- applied to USC again and I applied to a lot of schools on the oh, East wow. I think like Thomas Jefferson, I was looking at like different programs, right? I also looked at like the international um, stuff too, like what they were doing. Cause you know, I didn't study abroad undergrad. So I wanted to do that in grad school <laughs> that didn't age well. <laughs> God, I didn't yeah. age well. That's international um, experience. It didn't quite pan out for us. It didn't. No. Thanks to um, the yeah but um a lot of my friends were really really supportive throughout my process and then I had a lot of my seniors on my staff applying to like med schools Mm -hmm. and like doing their stuff too so it was a very like um interesting time and then but then a lot of my own uncertainty and doubt in work because this by this time it's like four years out of out of college and I just didn't feel confident you know like I was just going through a lot of ups and downs of like I could do this I could do this oh my god like I'm gonna get rejected right like and then I did get my first rejection I think it was from Toro in New York and um I think that's what hit me like I was talking to my students and we were just really talking about like the future right because they were graduating seniors and Mm -hmm. I think it hit me that I was like wow I really at the time I was like, I messed up in undergrad. Like I was really beating myself up. Like I like was emotionally just like not, you know, like what if I did this differently or what if I did that differently? And then, but like then in what I, regard, like if you like, yeah, like cause I got, I got a different path because you got, okay. Yeah. And like the reasoning was like, oh, I didn't meet like the GPA requirement or something like that. And it was just, it was just so disheartening and it was so it was a really tough time. Um, but then that same week, I actually got um, an invitation to do the second round of USC's program. Yeah. So it was like a roller coaster. Oh yeah. It was such a roller coaster. Yeah. Wow. Which, but see if my uncertainty is just exposing myself. But so this was early 2020. So last year, right. And I had submitted my SGSU application, which is probably like the longest, most complicated yes. application. We need to talk about that. <laughs> we afterwards. need to talk about it, but I submitted it like kind of late. I know people submitted it a little earlier than most, but it is a rolling application, right? So I'm like doing my thing. I get more well, rejections. You don't want to like, get into the later role because you might not hear until like you're ready to do something else with life. Yeah. So I was just kind of like, okay, getting more rejections. And then like, I think April comes along and Dr. Smith emails me and she's like, oh, we're interested in having you, but you oh. need an academic letter. And I thought, all oh, of, like I had multiple OTs letters, but I didn't have anything academic because I hadn't been in school in a while. 
And so I had to like scramble, like, um, thankfully, one of the professors I worked with at UCLA used to be one of my professors. So I was like, hey, it's been years since I was your student, but could you write me a letter wreck? And thankfully she did. And then I got accepted into um, SJSU, like super, yeah, it was just and here. Yeah, and we were in the pandemic too, like right before the pandemic hit. And then it was just like all this, yeah, so. Did you have Sorry. your anatomy done or did you still have to I do did, it? I did it this last summer. So I, I did it after. Wow. What a journey though. I feel like it was yeah. just like content, like you were just continuing to find like the next right step for you you know it, it was and I had to continually tell myself that it was okay right because like I started it with like one oh it's going to be one year gap year and then I kind of had to keep checking in with myself like is this what I want and then five years later you know finally like I, <laughs> I got there and, and it's okay I know I, know I feel like we I can relate to you Elaine thank you Katarina yeah. I mean I know maybe coming from me the person who like didn't have like that beautiful long journey like it's kind of maybe out of place for me to say but a lot no, of never <laughs> a lot of my friends who are like kind of in the place that you were it's like okay I like graduated I had my like bachelor's degree like what am I doing what's the next step like they're just worried because like time is passing and like I'm getting older I'm like oh my you guys you're yeah. in your 20s yeah. like you're in your 30s like there's there's still time like there's there's no correct timeline for yeah. finding the career that you love and that you enjoy that you have passion for it's just it's fine it's okay oh, like thank you you're here and we're so happy that you're here and the people who are listening to this I'm sure like I'm I mean I, I hope some pre-OT <laughs> students are listening to this like I know you guys are working super hard to get all those prerequisites in and to you know be more knowledgeable about what OT is but it's okay to take your time to learn about yourself and yeah. what you love. Aww. It's okay. And it's okay if you don't end up choosing OT too. That I mean, okay. Oh, if you don't end up even after doing the prerequisites. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people didn't even have like, hmm. do you take prerequisites that, you know, yeah. for their bachelor's degree that matched up with. That's true. People change their mind them. all the time. Yeah. And it's okay. Well, and I just, you know, like I remember visiting a friend in Seattle and, or like I took a final in a cafe in uh, Kikalk here in Belize, you know, I, I, on my <laughs> phone, it was multiple choice and I aced it or whatever, or I don't know, maybe he gave me like a little, <laughs> like a pass, a waiver, I think, uh, but no, no, that's not true. But you know, life just, you just have to keep living. You That's work, true. you date, you travel, things will fall into place. That's and true. wouldn't you rather find your passion at some point than like, you know, just be stuck to something you do when you're young because you're young and you should do that. I'm using yeah. it for those who can't see me. Like, oh yeah, that can know. make you super unhappy. You might yeah. have a crisis, like even much worse. Yeah, yeah, I mean, what if I end up hating OT? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I got super lucky. I think I was in that pressure, you know, like I got caught up in that riptide of like, oh, I need to like choose something. And like, I didn't know much about OT, like I said in the last podcast, but I kind of went with it. And luckily, as I learned, yeah. more, I actually love it and have passion for it. So <laughs> I'm very lucky. <laughs> True. 
<laughs> and it's so fitting for you, Katarina. Oh, thank I you. think so too. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I'm still hatchling. Thank you. I know we're still we're still little baby OTs. But <laughs> did you adopt that from my quipping you a hatchling, or you're, you just identify as a hatchling? You identified me as a hatchling. I I gladly take on that. Okay. Cool. Cool. <laughs> I would argue too, though, that if this doesn't work out, like we've still gained a lot of good experiences out of it, right? Like, oh no, I don't want it to not work. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, just talking about like you know, especially um, perspective though, right? All the stories that we've shared, like yes, we did different things, but it definitely fed into the people that we are today. And I think if I hadn't gone through. I mean, I probably could have done without the copy machine job, but if I hadn't <laughs> done all I would not have That's absolutely. done OT. So private investigating skills are very valuable in this field. Oh, they are. They are. Mm-hmm. Oh, I uh, wish viewers can see right now, but little, little Pat is a little nappy nap with Tiffany right now. Yeah, with Sorry. his new cut. And you can see his ear, little ears. I know. I know, Pat. I'm so tired. Oh, those cheeks. But yeah, by the way, Melissa, you're a fledgling. Don't worry. You're close. You're, and then we have a hatchling and then we have fledgling. And then the rest of us are just, I don't know what the other, we don't know what we're doing, what what the bird metaphors are, but we're just birds. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, um, yeah. So I, what happened is last December, I lost my cat got very sick and she was a cat that, um, was born on lemon tree Boulevard or something There was in Riverside. So everything was named after citruses. And my friend lived downtown, my friend, Caroline, and my friend, Caroline was, is a very special person. She moved to Australia a long time ago and she's got a kid and we've kind of don't keep in touch, but she was, a, she was really into horses. So I didn't even see, get to see her that much. She's a very sensitive soul. Uh, very passionate, very smart, a uh, little bit older than me. And uh, she spent a lot of time taking care of these horses in Riverside. So she brought them with her from the central coast where she had grown up um, and she had studied in Italy and we had a lot in common, but what happened is I got back in touch with her when Jelly, my cat who had then did die in December 22nd of last year. Um, and the reason I got back in touch with her is because she was the one who first found her in her backyard. Her and her little brothers and sisters. And yeah, it was very sad, but you know, and it was just this very special litter. She ended up adopting her little sister and her brother. Two of the other kitties got like adopted by some family to live on a farm because they were bigger and Jelly was very little and very light colored. So she couldn't qualify. So, which is good, right? Because we got her. And unfortunately, Caroline's one kitty got run over when she was still very young. It was extremely tragic, Darby and already ended up living out his life on a farm very happily also or like in a more rural area in the mid they couldn't take they decided not to take him to australia and lo and behold when i get in touch with her it turns out that she's fascinated and thinking about being, doing ot in australia wow and i was I'm sorry I, this whole time i was like where are we going with this where in the hell are we going? i'm sorry but i don't know the payoff know, is probably great. still not enough for this long story because i I was emotional, you know, like at that time that I kept, I wrote her a lot. We were reminiscing and we were just like, and she was there with me, you know, we were, she, we, it's like, we were replaying how we saw them and that, yeah, anyway, I'm going to get emotional because it was a very like, 
And, but she's like, I've been listening. I've been uh, talking to people and I've been like shadowing and this, 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 and she wanted to talk to me more. And I just, you know, anyway, I got, I got to get in touch with her. I, I literally was like trying to see like, almost like how was the last time we communicated? <laughs> I was about to start looking. Cause I, it's, there's something, I feel like now I'm, I'm really ready to talk to her again. And who knows, maybe she's already starting a program or at least interviewing or whatever, but yeah. So anyway, uh, so who knows, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's, thing. Wow. That's we had a very small group of people in that program. I mean, there are like 12 or 15 people in the whole program and five of us were pretty close. Wow. That's amazing that she's also thinking about OT too. Like yeah. that whole journey for her too. I, I can only imagine. And I think she's as a person who is, uh, you know, first of all, she can do all of that cool, like green therapy that we learned about right? Like, well, that some of us learned about in, in our uh, FLP and, you know, like, like, I'm not gonna, I'm not about to go and, and try to do equine therapy, right? That's, I don't know. I don't remember she the last time. Do equine ther- therapy. Okay. But she's got a job, like, and she could, you know what I mean? Link it yeah. to me. And I, I think it's because she has been through a lot. She lost her mother and uh, she did have a kid eventually. Uh, but, but she was a person who was very sensitive. And I think that there's, and interested in so many things so there is that correlation it was it was a very interesting thing to discover yeah and I need to follow up yeah yeah let us know how that goes it's really cool that now she's in Australia and she's yeah like on the same path as us far far away I know just in a different hope I gave her a boost But I, you know, I just feel like when I was applying, I think one of the biggest questions I had was how the heck do you even get hours? So I wonder if we should touch on just like how we were able to find opportunities. Oh, no. Okay, yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. I we forgot. Will... My story turned into not talking about that. You're like, long story short, actually, long story long. Long story long. <laughs> yeah, we can definitely. Okay, real quick. On... So how did you find hours to? Uh, I was lucky because I was so fantastic at my school, the parents loved me. And (laughs) when they heard that I was um, looking to transition, Mm. um, honestly, like I had several parents reach out to me and say, hey, you can volunteer here if you want. So so I did that. And then honestly, I just Googled places and applied. And yeah, I ended up at a a hand therapy clinic and UCSF Children's Hospital and an outdoor kids therapy place. Oh, wow. Did those count for that? Um, Because SGSU has the, Melissa was talking about the community service aspect, right? Like separate from? Um, I think it's community agency. Community agency, yeah. So all my school stuff counted working at a school. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah, mine was similar. I like Googled places and then I emailed um, like whatever, like all the places in the area near my Mm. work. And then um, actually one of them was like, oh, I'm not looking for any right now, but here, let me connect you with this OT that is, which is really cool. And she does OT interior design for like play spaces. Yeah. So maybe we can talk about that later, which is really cool. That's so Um, interesting. Yeah. And so I volunteered with her and then another clinic and then my work at UCLA because it was a nonprofit, um, 
like working in the community for different um, marginalized communities that counted as hours. Like I had like, I basically put my work hours. So my department right. chair signed off on that for me, which is nice. And didn't have to do extra volunteer work. Yeah, okay. I had just the benefit of being like, you know, still in the school environment when I was thinking of applying. So there were like pre-OT clubs and mm -hmm. there were, um, I got like two, both of my volunteer things like in a clinic setting or like in a, just shadowing an OT um, from a, I don't know what to call it, but like a conference that the pre-OT club like put on. And oh. I met OTs there and then my advisor was like, go talk to them. So I ended up talking with both of them and they both took me on. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. So I kind of got lucky, but it's also about just like having connections, I guess, and like networking for real and just like being brave enough to reach out. Cause like you have to remember OTs like are like, we're like conditioned to advocate for OT. So if you reach out to an OT, like there's a good chance that they'll either be like, yes, or they'll send you somewhere else where they know. Right. Yeah. So just like having that courage and like that confidence to, you know, put yourself out there. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I feel like mine was pretty similar to Elaine. I just did a good, good Google search and, <laughs> um, found a couple places and one of them had an application online so I just sent it in and hoped for the best and um, the other one I went in in person and I went to the rehab area because it was an inpatient facility and, and I was just like can I speak to the head of the occupational therapy department <laughs> oh and she said like your manager hey, I'm a student, <laughs> blah 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 and wow in person yeah nice. um, and she was awesome and you wow. know I volunteered there for a bit so that I think takes some guts wow. yeah yeah yeah, like yeah. my mom had to tell me to nervous. do it <laughs> I was too nervous she was like, you just got to do it you just got to yeah. do it <laughs> Moms make the world go around. yeah what yeah. did you end up doing Masha I was at a um sniff oh. in San Jose and uh the reason was I is because um, the friend who runs a home deliver service delivery company he he also he employed the woman who actually runs all the therapy. Um, um, she worked for him and she ran and she did that at at um, the Mission Skilled Nursing oh. uh, Center and yeah and so um, that was that was my my experience um I didn't I didn't volunteer anywhere else yeah but I mean it's it's a kind of a connection and I was also very lucky to have it and she's a Russian lady so she kind of was took you know, me under her wing cultural <laughs> connections there yeah yeah I it was interesting we'd have very frank conversations nice. um yeah and she was somebody who got a bachelor's when she was becoming an OT because that was what you could do right before before yeah. the requirements changed mm -hmm. yeah and she had been a I think like a, a coach no she was she started swimming in out in Russia but she was also doing some kind of like aquatic therapy back wow. there as well so she'd been doing things like this for a while but I should actually get back in touch with her and just like say what's up I mean, you know, one thing I want to talk about is how do we find a mentor? Because I'm 
I'm sort of mentor poor in my life <laughs> right now. I feel that. Mm-hmm. You know. I will make enough. We're going to add that to our list of things to talk about for sure. Okay, cool. You know, maybe we can discuss how to um, network better now that we're here. I feel like everything that I've done up till now hasn't been in enough networking in this area. Maybe it's yeah. just going to be more time. For, yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, long story. Uh, oh, well. Um, oh, yeah, well. Okay. Well, it's been a quick minute. Wow. Yes. We kind of get lost in our conversations, which I think is really sweet and nice and just a reflection of how, how close we've gotten even over the pandemic, which, you know, maybe foreshadow next episode is about pandemic graduate school. I think so. So Not meeting, not meeting for months. Yeah. Wow. Meeting for the first time, like nine months later, photoshopping Tiffany in our first photo (laughs) together. (laughs) Well, this was a very long episode. So if you've made it this far, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) Listens. We track how long people listen. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I guess (laughs) the overall um, theme of this is that it's never too late. And Totally. You know, always, always go for what you think you want. Mm-hmm. You know, as cheesy as that sounds, like all of us here had very different, well, for the most part, pretty different experiences. But you know, we kind of went through what we had to to be where we are now. Yeah, and that is valuable, and that is important. And um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that also just shows how diverse OT is. Like we mm-hmm. all had different journeys and different experiences like to fulfill the requirements to get to where we are and mm-hmm. it's you know it's all worth something mm-hmm. even if we feel some doubt sometimes yeah mm-hmm. lots of lots of doubts another another topic we can touch on really <laughs> we can just um, intersperse our doubts as a motif as a late <laughs> motif right <laughs> tiffany throughout all of our podcasts yeah well should we say goodbye? Awkward, Awkward goodbye. goodbye. Awkward <laughs> goodbye. Thanks Thanks. for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. You.